let the work be the focus, but let the personalities come out through the work, through the images of the work and the way I show it. Hello there. This is Brand Therapy, and I'm Phil. And I'm Lauren. Oh, yes, you are. Hi. So today's episode really thrilled me. It might have been one of our favorite interviews ever. Ever. With Alice. Well, it's with Alice, and it's just... I think it's so interesting to talk about art and the feeling that art gives in an audio medium without ever actually being able to see the art itself. It's pretty fascinating. That's true. Yeah. You have my full attention now. I was chewing a candy and I wasn't ready to talk. So, but now you have my full attention. The candy is clear. It's true. You know, we will talk about it, but no one actually gets to see anything, but it is still very interesting to explore this kind of branding challenge that Alice faces, which is figuring out if what she has online communicates what she represents, where she's going as a business. So totally good little chat. Yeah, yeah. And Alice's main concern is that obviously what she does for a living is very, very visual. And she doesn't really know how much of an influence her art should have on the way she presents her brand online. So it's an interesting discussion. And I think for anyone who's who does any kind of art, whether they're a producer or a graphic designer or what have you, this is a good episode for you. It's a good one for you. I'm going to eat another candy. We're going to get to this episode right now. Here is our chat with Alice. Hi, my name is Alice. I'm an abstract painter. I live in London. And my question for you really is I set up my website about three or four years ago and branding was one of the things I didn't want to get hung up on. So I don't really have any. And things have evolved pretty well since then. But I'm aware now that I really need to go back to it or I think I need to go back to it and look at my branding. So I suppose my question is, when the rest of my website is quite visual, how do I put character into that branding, but that supports what I'm showing with the artwork and doesn't fight with it? That's the first part of the question. Mm. And then if we need more, I've got something else for you, but maybe we should start there. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think actually that will, the, the way that we explore this and answer it today will hopefully answer the other questions you have. There's, um, I'm sure Lauren feels the same way, but there's a few things I want to unpack in what you just said. Uh, by the right. way, congratulations on the success you've had as an artist. That's exciting in itself. And I want to know why. I want to just kind of explore your self-awareness here. And I want to know why have you been successful? Huh. I think if there was a, a, a really simple answer to that, I think it's a combination of lots of things. I think things all mesh together. And I suppose the biggest thing that I've learned is that it can't always be down to just one thing, unless that one thing maybe is you just keep going and doing what you're interested in and sharing it so that other people can be part of it. I think that was the biggest hurdle for me is getting over that anxiety of things have got to be right or perfect or you have to know all the answers before you begin because everything good that's happened has come from taking steps into things before you feel you're quite ready for it. So perhaps that's why. I'm looking at your site, Alice, and first of all, your work is beautiful. It is. It's really nice. And second of all, I noticed at least from the paintings that are featured on your site, there's a very similar kind of like 
thread of color between all of your paintings. It feels almost, it's like rich, but also beautifully kind of muted at the same time. Like it feels very deep, but it's not in your face. Do you generally, and have you historically always gravitated to that color scheme of like grays and blues and burgundies? I think that people have personal colors that they're always drawn to. And I think perhaps living in England and the weather we have maybe pulls me towards these kind of more muted colors. But I've always just loved these colors that are a bit richer and a bit deeper. And they've just got a little bit more intrigue and depth to them than colors that are, say, always bright and vivid. But I do love mixing a little bit of something vivid in with something more muted because that stops it being dull. But I don't set out with a colour plan. So I suppose there is just something instinctive that you're drawn to. Like some people really like bright, vivid rainbow colours or pastels, and I just don't. Alice, this is so easy. Alice is a visual artist and literally, probably more so than anyone we have ever talked to on this podcast, has a visual brand. I've used this analogy before, but I'm going to say it again. Alice, you bring the gift and we just help you pick out the wrapping paper. You know, that's what branding is. And you must have a website. And I think that you need like just a basic portfolio Squarespace website that possibly if you've got the inventory allows you to sell your products directly on your site or at least accept payment and then arrange pickup. Let's just come back to that in a second. But where Lauren is going with this question When I asked you why have you been successful, I like what you said, but I think there's more to it than what you just said. You said, you know, I've worked hard, persevered. But actually, you as an artist, partly part of why you're successful is that you have a brand. You have a visual style that people can trust on, that people can rely on that when I commission you to do a work or I decide that I want to buy your painting, it's because it has your style, your little something-something, your brand. So where Lauren is going with that question is we're trying to, and as we're looking through some of your work, I mean, that is like the most amazing inspiration for just kind of figuring out, pinpointing what that visual brand is. Is it color consistency? Is it the style in which you paint? In the way that I would like before hiring a graphic designer to do a branding job, I would go through their portfolio and say, what's the common thread between everything they've done? That common thread, just the fact that it exists, tells me that they are senior, that they are good, that they've been working. I think there's a brand, there's a common thread in the work that you do before I say what I think it is. I want to hear what you think it is. What is that commonality, that common thread in an Alice Sheridan studio painting. But this is the thing that's so hard, isn't it? It's so hard to see in your own work. It's like when people say, what do you do really well? And you can never recognize it because you don't think you do something particularly well because it's just what comes naturally. That's why I think it's really interesting to get somebody else's input and why I'm here, I guess, because I just find it so hard to put into words. But the common thread, I suppose visually it's, expressive mark making but then that's too general well for me it's a feeling of space and something that's um, mixed and fluid combined with something that's more controlled I think that's always what I'm playing with when I paint but I just don't know how that translates into how I do all the branding elements that go around the website 
Is that what you're looking for? It is. I like where you're starting to think on this topic because you're self-reflecting. You are increasing your self-awareness. And, and while it's kind of stressful, uh, you know, and, and awkward almost in a way to like look at what you've done and go, what makes this great? Or what may what's that common thread, as I keep saying? Really important that you do this. But guess what? Today you're on brand therapy. So it's not just you alone in this quest for what is the brand. You have us. So let's we're we're gonna help you. Yes. Yeah, because I've got your Instagram feed pulled up right now. To me, your brand is very clear. Lauren is usually a little bit better than me at putting this into words. So Lauren, you go ahead. What is Alice's brand? Well, I see your brand as being that blank slate, like that museum wall that houses all of your paintings. And just adding on to that, I usually, when I go to museums, like art museums, like the Tate, when I went there like about a year ago, one of my favorite things to do when I'm walking around the halls of an art museum is I actually love looking at the paint color that's been selected and the fonts, the typography that's been chosen for the display signs that give you more information about the work or the artist. And some of my very favorite exhibits When you walk in, they're my favorite because you're surprised by the wall color that was chosen that makes all the paintings pop. I'm thinking about one artist. I can't remember who it was, but it was at the Tate last year. And I walked into this room and this dark olive green paint color was everywhere. And I wasn't expecting it. And then I went into the next room and there's this like deep eggplant color. So I think for your brand... I would love for you to think like a museum curator, like think like the exhibit designer. And instead of thinking website wall, imagine your paintings in the flesh in a museum and what colors you would choose and typography you would choose to accompany those paintings in real life and then use that to develop the digital elements of your of your brand. I know I didn't really answer the Phil's question, what is your brand? But <laughs> hopefully that makes no, sense. No, I think that's actually really interesting because at home I have a deep olive green wall in one room and a deep slate blue wall in another room. And the paintings look fantastic on those colors. I suppose I just started with that. Keep it clean, keep it fresh, white website background. And I suppose I'm hesitant that when it comes to translating it to how it looks in terms of the graphics, do maybe I'm just nervous about making that jump to the whole site feeling. I mean, I love it in terms of a feeling. It's something that's intimate and personal and pulls you in and feels quite cozy and welcoming. But could it also feel dark and gloomy? Yeah, I think you're overthinking this. You've done the hard work. 95% of the work is making a beautiful painting that people want to buy. The remaining 5% is just making it accessible so that the person who wants to buy it can buy it or or someone who wants to browse it and see your style can do that. Your website can be so simple. It can be literally a homepage with a scrolling banner of a few of your pieces Squarespace has uh, themes specifically designed for photographers and artists where it features multiple photos, for example, in a scroll. And I would just do one of those. You could keep your website a white background so that the, the work pops. But I love the olive green and I love the slate blue. Those colors reappear on almost every line of your grid on Instagram, which tells me those colors... Yeah 
that is part of your brand, just in terms of pinpointing it. And I'm saying this out loud because obviously the people listening can't see the feed, but I see a lot of slate blue and a lot of green and almost that little mustard color might be the third common color. And I would just treat your website like you were designing your exhibit at a show or in a gallery. That's it. Work about contact. Really, you need three pages. That's it. Beyond that, I mean, start there. You can add a blog. You can add the other elements, but this can be really simple. I love that advice, Lauren, in terms of thinking of this like a gallery, right? You'd walk in, you'd read a little blurb about the artist, but not too much because people want to look at the art. They don't want to read an anthology of your experience in life. Like, Short paragraph, who are you? Why should people care? Make it about the work. Show it in a certain order that makes sense and make some color decisions. I don't even think you need a really fancy, intricate logo. In fact, the logo could be the way that you sign your name in the corner of a painting, for all I care. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, right? I just, I'm giving you some advice here that will allow you to realize just how simple this is without overthinking it because you have already done the hard work, which is, creating a career out of this. And your work is really beautiful. And the kind of engagement and interaction you're getting on platforms like Instagram is proof that you're onto something and that you can, you just got to make it accessible. We describe branding as recreating the in-person experience. So let's, the in-person experience, if it was designing your, your gallery, that's how you should think about designing your website. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. You could do it in a weekend. Yeah, I could, and I think um, I put this together a while ago. And uh, I mean, there is possibly, I, I, I think what I'm picking up from what you're saying is less copy. Don't worry about the copy. But I suppose that one of the things that I was really interested in doing is traditionally, there's always been this emphasis on the gallery model and having to go through galleries and lots of people's perceptions is they're quite standoffish. And I wanted to be different. Like I wanted to be open. I wanted people to be able to approach me, to ask questions, to get an insight into the work. Some of that comes through maybe with the words that are more inviting because it it leads people into making that contact, which is what you need. Because it's a big thing buying a painting online Mm -hmm. because you haven't even seen it in reality. So there has to be a degree of lead up in the whole story. But I think you're saying that perhaps that's not as important as I think it is. I think that you need to approach the project in phase one, phase two. Phase one, need to have. I need to have a website that tells people who I am, what I do, why they should care, and a way to contact you. Phase two can be, let's add a blog. Let's add a weekly show on Instagram Live that shows people what you're working on that week, point one, point two, point three, done. You know, let's add in phase two content creation on unexpected platforms like LinkedIn, for example, where we don't expect to see art on LinkedIn, but that motivates me to want you to do that because it's not expected. Maybe we can implement some Pinterest strategy. I like this idea of making your work accessible and even making it accessible for you to be able to have a conversation around the art. Lauren, any thoughts on that? I like where this is going in terms of brainstorming, creative ways to be accessible as an artist and almost make someone feel like what they're buying is something they, what they're expecting, you know, just based on a photo. Yeah, I think, and granted, I'm not that familiar with the art world. So I know that, Alice, there are probably lots of nuances that I'm about to like shatter right now, but but bear with me. Um, So I 
really like your Instagram is awesome. And I want your website to feel more like your Instagram. There's one post that you made on November 8th where it's a photo of a camera taking a photo of your painting. And it kind of, it adds dimension and depth that is currently like kind of lacking on your website because your website is just focusing on the paintings, which is like the traditional thing to do. So I think Phil's right. Approaches some phases like first switch over to Squarespace and make it more of a portfolio gallery and very simple. And then the next phase would be to incorporate more photography. And honestly, I would love a little bit more of you being incorporated into part of this website. Like I think the craftsmanship and the thought that you put into your pieces needs to come across on the sites that paintings show their value. And some photos that are, it's very similar to your Instagram, like close-ups of you holding a paintbrush, like mid painting, showing the paint, like drying basically as you're moving the brush across the canvas. I think shots of you in action. I think interesting angles of the paintings that show the texture with natural light bouncing off. So that's kind of what I would imagine phase two being is adding a bit more depth to the digital experience. But start with phase one first, because I think once you have phase one down, phase two will seem a lot less daunting. Yeah, I love that idea. I think definitely Instagram did sort of take over a bit last year in personality. And that's why I've got this feeling now that the website needs some attention. So that is, I think that to make the website more like Instagram feel is is really, I can take that as really tangible advice and, and use some of those images that I'm making anyway on Instagram and just make them work a bit more on the website. But why do you say move to Squarespace? I'm interested in that because I've got everything set up. I've got the e-commerce, I've got the shipping categories, I've got all of that. So to move it to Squarespace is going to be a huge job. So why is, is that top of your recommendation? Yeah, you don't necessarily have to if you've already got a base on WordPress, like if you've already got it in place, you've built that infrastructure, you don't necessarily have to change it. So if you're comfortable and you can update WordPress easily, then keep it there. It's just you're an artist, so you don't want to spend your days updating your website. You want to spend your days making art. So if someone was starting from scratch, I think that's how I was thinking of it. I would say go to Squarespace. It'll take you half the time. Yeah, nice and simple. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But if you're already on WordPress and that's what you know, and that's going to take the lead, that's the path of least resistance, then rock it for sure. For sure, for sure. Brilliant. So that's good. So you've kind of confirmed that I'm overthinking things. No surprise there. <laughs> that happens a lot, I can say. So, um, but let the work be the focus, but let the personality come out through the work, through the images of the work and the way I show it and still don't get hung up on a logo style. Exactly. And another example is on November 7th, you have a photo on your Instagram feed of a flat lay of all the different used paintbrushes that I guess you were using that day. A photo like that would look really, really cool as a background to text. Like if you had a a like white overlay tint over top of that. So it was just subtly adding texture with text directing to different parts of your site. Feel free to incorporate those images that are more related to the creative process that you do. And I think that you're gonna you're gonna feel like the site's brand new. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea. 
So it's kind of it's building building the stories around it, but in maybe an even richer way than you can do because and your idea of using more photos of me, I think until now I've only got them on the about page, but it would be nice to have a few more in a more in a richer way, wouldn't it, on the homepage as a welcome introduction thing. Yeah, because, I mean, people love the art, but people also love the story around the art. And it's often the story that sells it as much as the art itself. It so you yeah. know that. So just recreate that in-person experience. You know, what are the questions that people are asking you in person before they buy a piece of art? Answer those questions on your site because they're wondering the same thing. Who made this? What was her inspiration? Those are all these great topics that you can just delve into as you're storytelling. And through storytelling, also marketing yourself. So I think that just, that's a great path forward. Okay, that feels fun, which is a good, always a good place to be when you're starting on refreshing something. Finding something that feels fun to you is a good place to be. I've got one more question for you, though. There are various other things that I now do that are associated. So I have a club for other artists. I have a free group for other artists. And I'm about to do a podcast. So each of those, sort of have brandings in themselves, which are different. The feeling is different, but obviously they are going to be linking to them from my main website. So any tips on dealing with associated brands that have slightly different feelings, but I suppose still need to be part of the same family? I mean, I'm thinking that color palette is probably the thing that people see most immediately, but I love your idea of using typography. Yeah, I would normally, I'll take this one, Lauren, because I'm often having this challenge when I'm building websites where Lauren is like kind of crafting the copy and the way that we use words to tell the story. I'm thinking, how can I take all these mismatched visuals and let them live together? A good example is if someone is adding media icons on their website to show all the media outlets they've been featured in. Usually they're all different colors, all different sizes, and it gives me a panic attack. So I normally take the yeah. time to either strip those icons of color, black or charcoal, or even one of your branded colors. If your branded color is like an yeah. olive green, you could go a little bit lighter on those. Obviously, I can't change the logo of CNN, but I can certainly strip it of that hideous red color and make it one of my own brand colors. So I'd explore, as you said, strip the color and just see how it can live black and white and then kind of go from there. How can you keep what makes it unique, keep it in text, that kind of thing, but just so that they can live together. It, it takes, it's worth it to take the time to make that work within your brand so it doesn't overpower what you've created. And in this case, overpower the art. Fantastic. Thank you. That's, I will bear that in mind when I'm pulling all the strings. Wonderful. Well, I'm feeling very excited about everything we've talked about. What's going to be your next step, Alice? I think the next step is finally sort out a bit of a... Um, a brand cheat sheet for myself because at the moment when I add colors it does tend to be a little bit I pick a color from very much like painting you know I kind of pick a color from the sky whereas I think if I limited myself and they were a little bit more coordinated that would help and then I'm definitely going to go back through Instagram and my image bank and think about how I can use those images more creatively I think and just modernize the way that the whole website feels mm -hmm. So two key things, improve the typography. That, that is also something I'd like to do. I love it. You've got your work cut out for you. I think that this has been an interesting kind of exploration. And I love that it's 
like I said, it's picking the wrapping paper, but you've done the hard work and created the gift. So great. You should be very proud of that. Great work on that. And we look forward to hearing a little update from you on how everything goes. Well, it's great to chat with you. And I have to say, since your advice on Pinterest, even though I haven't been doing it every day, I think my monthly views have gone up from 24,000 to 180,000 a month. Yay! So nice tips there. Nice tips there, Phil. Yay! I love hearing that. Well, I'm so excited that that's useful for you. And actually, I know that this conversation is going to be useful for other people. So it's a little win-win. We help each other out. Great. I'll let you know how I get on. Thank you so much for your time. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Alice. It's been a pleasure to chat with you. And good luck with everything. We'll chat with you soon. Okay. Thanks, Lauren. Thank you. Bye. Well, that was a great conversation. I like talking to artists and I like even more talking to artists who are successful because I feel like that in itself is way harder than any kind of branding or website challenge. Do you agree? I do agree. Oh my goodness. When when we were speaking with her the whole time, I was thinking like, I wish I was an artist and I'm so jealous. But then I remembered that like she's probably been working so hard for decades and it's pretty like her style is so fascinating. I I love when people have a brand and don't realize it. Don't you? Me too. One of my favorite things and they're super humble about it. It's like I ask the question, you know, what's your visual brand, especially to an artist or a creative? I say like, what's that through line? Even when I'm on campuses, it's like students are like, I want to go into graphic design or I want to go into branding. I'm like, well, you better figure out what is it about your work that keeps it all together. I love when people are really humble or it's like they work so hard that they don't even take a minute to stop and reflect on what that might be. I don't know. It just shows a lot about the type of person she is. And I think that it's one of the many reasons she has found success is that she's just really focused on the work, what her customer wants, you know, what her audience wants, what they respond to and less about her. But, you know, it's a balancing act between the two. Definitely. And there's one thing that we didn't talk about in her interview, but I'm I'm hoping she's listening to this now and hears it. And this goes for anyone who is displaying some kind of portfolio on the web. I think that there's this fear that comes with displaying any kind of artistic work online that your brand will overshadow or compete with your work. And that simply isn't true. Don't you find that a lot of the most powerful branding nuances come from when colors are mixing with other colors and making your work pop? Definitely. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I guess because it's more just the unknown. I mean, for us, we do this every day, so it's not. But for other people, it's kind of like, how do you make that decision that has to represent this whole body of work or the whole body of services or products that we sell? So a great conversation, a really good one. I hope that you have found that useful. I know I found it useful. Got me thinking a lot. We want to hear from you. Hashtag brand therapy. I am at Phil Palin. I am at the Lauren Moore. And honestly, if you've taken the time to listen, spend valuable minutes and seconds of your day on us, with us, we want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram, Twitter. We're in all of those places. And if you enjoyed this episode, we would love even more if you took a few minutes to leave a review that really actually helps other people find this podcast. So thanks for hanging out with us. Any final thoughts, Lauren? 
Oh, I just, my goal in life is to buy one of Alice's paintings, honestly. But <laughs> other than that. <laughs> well, keep podcasting and maybe. No. Yeah, maybe, maybe brand therapy will help me buy Alice's painting. <laughs> Full circle. Thank you guys for hanging out with us today. And we look forward to seeing you back again right here on Brand Therapy. Bye. Next week on Brand Therapy. The companies aren't there to do a favor for you. My famous quote is, they don't hire you out of charity, and even charities don't hire people out of charity. They want someone who's going to get in there and save them time and money. 